Welcome to our channel. As you take time to listen to God's word today with us, we believe and pray that your faith will be strengthened up each day and we hope that this sermon will be a blessing to you as well as your family. John 15 verse 4 and 5. It says, Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Jesus says, yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them, you will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. This is a promise from God. You know, great promises that we have received from God. Paul says, you know, I can do all things to Christ who strengthens me. You know, he is with me and he is with me, is for me. You know, uh, his grace is sufficient for me. We, we take all these, all these promises, they're brilliant promises. Let me tell you something. There's also a promise in this verse where God says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Can you say that? Can you feel that that is also a promise word? It's a promise word. It's a promise from God. I promise you, nothing will work out in your life if you don't involve me, says God. That's also a promise. You don't want that promise, no? What is too harsh this God is? Anything that you try to do above me, beyond me, it won't happen. I promise you that. It's a promise. Everybody say, Lord, I receive it. Everybody have to, I have to watch everybody's mouth say, Lord, I receive it. Okay, this section, Lord, I receive it. Good. What I want to talk to you this morning is about just bringing a thankful heart to God just does not happen. Because it has to come from your heart. Nobody can force you to say thanks. Even though we do. We try to do, right? We try to, can you say thanks? So that they acknowledge, right? Um, what you have done for them. If, you have, if you're just a stranger, you want to make sure that that person acknowledges you. That you have done something for them. We, we look for gratitude. We look for people to be thankful. But when it comes to the character of God, God enables us in such a way that the nature of a man, a nature of a human being should be a thankful nature. God doesn't have to demand thanks from us, but he created us and designed us in such a way that when you realize the greatness and goodness of God, you are thankful. Everybody say, I am thankful. I am thankful for my God. Many of us, we struggle with this. We struggle because we are unable to feel God's or feel the heart of thankfulness because we are unable to feel the greatness of God every second in our lives. 
we are often filled by the greatness of our problems we are often filled by the greatness of of uh, all the issues that we are facing the people that are talking us down or demanding things from us <clears throat> whether it's in your workplace or whether it's somewhere else you know we are always filled by that but all of us we are called to be thankful rome uh, john 15:45 it says remain in me in other words abide in me remaining in god is the nature of human beings or should be the nature of human beings however sin came and took us out of that nature the moment sin came what came inside selfishness came inside the moment selfishness comes inside the moment you start thinking it's i me and myself there is no remaining in god you are remaining in yourself you understand we are not called to remain in ourselves we are called to remain in god so god gives us the promise saying remain in me and i will remain in you a disciple has to remain in god if you want to live a life like a disciple amen if you want to live your life like a disciple if you want to be just a mere so called christian or if you just want to be uh you know um uh, a namesake christian this message is not going to be relevant for you i just want to put attendance christian you know there are students and then there are attendance students hmm how preach that in itself will preach there are students and then there are and there are students that doesn't attend also they are in the list felicious day i know them i am a professor yes same way there are believers but they don't believe <laughs> they are believers but they think it's a great sacrifice that they are coming to church it's like students thinking you are a student what are you supposed to do go to college it's a great sacrifice that i'm going to college every day do you know that it's a great sacrifice that i am making every day okay where enna pannuveni god is asking you are a believer you are thinking it's a great sacrifice to do things for god to serve him to worship him to give him the praise to fellowship and if you think that it's a great sacrifice god is asking where enna pandra what else did i make you or created you for because the primary thing for us that god designed us or the dna of a believer is to believe believing for is followed with action believing is never a theory believing is not an emotion believing takes a discipline believing takes you know action believing takes moving forward believing means you got to be part of the mission believing means that no matter what happens in my life i keep moving forward you know in what god is doing in my life believing takes deep rootedness in god's word amen we are called not to be spiritual babies but we are called to grow spiritually it will be awkward for me as an adult but still using diapers 
and spiritually speaking many of us act like adults on the outside but they don't take spiritual depth on the inside because all you want is a cuddle all you want is a hug all you want is a word of encouragement i tell you what if you're constantly growing in word of encouragement you will constantly be wearing diapers word of encouragement is not going to get you anywhere word of encouragement is good okay be encouraged great that's a place and time for that but above that there are solid food that god is giving us from the word of god and that solid food will break you will mold you will shape you will squeeze you it will cause you pain where you have not where you have not changed in your life it will cause pain but that god intended pain is a good thing because in that pain there is a purpose the pain that god is allowing into your life there is a purpose for that it is a purpose driven pain everybody say there is a purpose for my pain when human beings try to hurt you their purpose is just to hurt you but when god allows pain in your life when god allows suffering in your life he is allowing that for you to grow everybody say i need to grow we have to grow we all have to grow there's so much that we as a church we need to grow we are not there yet some of us we we are still in that you know huggy feely spiritual hoo-ha, you know kind of uh, glory glory all the time that's that's one side of spirituality but on the other side it also take commitment it takes guts to stand your ground it takes guts and faith to say that i will not move my position from the word of god i will raise my family that way i will model that to my children i will model that to my church i will model that to my youth i will model that to the next generation it takes guts to do that where does that guts come from that confidence comes from the person who remains in god shake the person next to you look at them and tell them remain in god remain in him i will not let you be still amen we need to remain in god remaining in god it can be only be handled by disciples disciples of christ if you just want to be a name saved christian it's not going to work remaining in god you can't be in surface level when you're remaining with god it drives you to go deeper it drives you to sacrifice it drives you to alter your priorities it shifts everything upside down a disciple is someone who follows the lead of god consistently amen consistency is important in life how many of you like consistency wow even some young people are raising your hands not bad you like you like to be consistent right if you don't like consistency let me explain consistency to you are you consistently hungry are you consistently hungry your body is very consistent when it comes to hunger right which means that we consistently 
eat in order to fill the hunger. So when there is hungry, your body automatically kicks in, your brain automatically kicks in to say, deal, take care of that. So no matter what you're doing, you lay out your lunch. I'm going to have lunch. Right? It doesn't matter who is coming with me. It is lunchtime. Right? You're ready to do that. When you're spiritually empty, when you feel emptiness in your soul, it means that God needs to fill something. If you feel like drained, empty, even when you're at work, even you're about to go into an important meeting, but you just feel that there is something not right, can you kneel down and pray wherever you are? Can you just ask God, Lord, right now, there is a spiritual thing that I am battling. There is something empty that I am facing. Lord, and I speak against it. I prophesy against it. I go on a spiritual warfare. Don't, just don't go for advices. You know the problem with this generation that we have is that we don't go for prayer first. We go for advices first. And then they'll come and tell you, oh, you are feeling lonely because you are hungry. I didn't bring my lunch. Would you like to buy me lunch? Let's talk over this, over lunch. And then advice will come there. Wrong advices comes. Or we tune, we Google search. We tune into other things. When God is saying, tune into me, remain in me. It takes discipline. It takes consistency. So every time you're battling something, when it comes to the matter of your soul, why are we seeking uh, advice from human being when it's a matter of spiritualness or spiritual being? We got to first go to God. You know the word. I'm not saying getting advice is a wrong thing. Don't take me. Pastor said no more advice. I am not giving and I am not taking. That's not what I am saying. Uh, we need to first go to God. Pray. When you first go to God, God will send the advices for you. If you need advice, God will bring advices for you. God will bring wise people around you. For that situation, God will bring the right person at the right time. And God will even uh, enhance what he has already spoken to you and confirm it through somebody else. I'm not against any of those things. That's a biblical way of dealing with things in life. That's absolutely fine. But the first response should be turning to God. Everybody say amen. And everybody say, I will turn to God first. I will do that consistently. If you want to be successful in your spiritual life or remaining in God, if you want to be successful as a disciple of Jesus Christ, you got to do this consistently. This is what Craig Groeschel, one of the pastors in US that we, greatly, we often follow uh, in, in, in a lot of his uh, teachings, and he talks about leadership and he says, successful people do consistently what normal people do occasionally. Successful people do consistently what normal people do. So, you cannot say, I'm a bodybuilder. Because you cannot match the fitness and training regime of a bodybuilder who 
intention is to be successful as a bodybuilder. You cannot kick around a football on just Sunday afternoons and say, I'm a football player. Ronaldo will come squeeze you out. You can say, I play football. But I am not a football. Hallelujah. There's two different things, my friends. It's one thing to say, I am a Christian. It's another thing to say, I am a disciple of Jesus or a follower of Christ. Not every Christian is a follower of Christ. It takes consistent practice. In other words, this is something that I drew out from the, the quote. You can't be normal and be a disciple. Choose one. You can't be normal and be a disciple. What do I mean by that? What do I mean by that? When you are a disciple, you got to choose certain things and make some sacrifices in your life in such a way that you have to be consistent with that and not everybody around you is going to be happy about it. Because you are going to do things the Bible way. And I am telling you, if you got 100 people in your life, only two people would do Bible things or do things biblical way. Out of 100, two. That's the ratio. And it's often we find that people want to follow the patterns of the world and, and keep doing things the way they want to do it and, and leave away the word of God. And we also end up following the same pattern. Oh, it's working for them. How do you know it's working for them? You don't know the end. You're seeing the process. You're seeing what they're going through. And God has a process for your life. Don't measure success from other people's eyes. You got to be consistent with the word of God. You got to have discipline to do what it takes to be a disciple. So you just can't be normal and be a disciple. If you're a disciple, you got to sacrifice a lot of things. You got to really put away things and follow Jesus completely. If you want to be normal, just be normal. Just settle for normalcy. Just settle for whatever the world gives. Just settle for life as it goes. I'll take it. Settle for that. You can't have both. A disciple will follow only one voice, not many voices. Amen? You might be sitting and wondering, I thought this, this message is about thanksgiving, but where is pastor going with this? Stay with me. All right? I'm going to finish it in just 10 minutes. That's not normal. <laughs> I told you, you either be a disciple or be normal. So I'm not going to be normal. Normally, I finish late. I want to finish soon. Consistency takes discipline. So does remaining in God takes discipline. Discipline is simply choosing what you want the most over what you want now. Discipline is choosing what you want the most over than what you want now. Which means that 
what you are praying for should match how you are living i am praying for a breakthrough but you are living with no break constantly watching netflix constantly doing things on your own constantly doing this doing that doing that there's no breakthrough prince god wants to bring breakthrough in our lives but he's looking for a space that he can enter that he can give you a real holy spirit encounter but our life is not matching our prayers we got to be consistent in choosing what you want the most what do you want the most as disciples of jesus what do you want the most as disciples this holy spirit hovering above me it's okay don't worry it's a dove or pigeons all right don't get distracted what do you want the most because what you want the most is what you will go after what do you think this is what psychologist says what do you think about the most is what will define your choices and what you choose to do is where the trajectory or the direction of your life will always go so as a disciple of jesus ask this question to yourself what do you want the most is it things of god or is it things of yourself what do you want the most in other words discipline is the bridge between who you are and what you want to become who you are and what you want to become what do god want you to become and that discipline will help you to bridge that the reason we had 7 days of fasting and praying and i really want to appreciate that 27 people who were there constantly uh, every day in the zoom prayer can we praise god for those people you, it might be all of you here you know who you are every day god spoke through various you know uh, speakers and constantly reminded us why do we have this discipline of fasting so if there are three important disciplines that you need if you want to remain in god be a disciple if you want to really go after things that god has for your life three disciplines that you need prayer number 1 number 2 is fasting and number 3 is thankfulness nobody sees thankfulness as a discipline a thankful heart is a disciplined heart prayer bible reading worship we see all of that as a discipline fasting we see that as a great sacrifice it is not a sacrifice it's a discipline when you choose to do something to what you want to become that's an investment into your life not a sacrifice which means that you got to give up some things but your giving up on certain things is going to reciprocate as an investment into your life as a spiritual investment into your life which means that it's not a loss it's always a gain so whatever spiritual discipline that you follow in your life you will never be on loss amen it will always come back as a gain in your life when it's accordance to the word and in alignment of what god is leading you to colossians 4:2 it says devote yourselves to prayer being watchful and thankful so The title of my sermon is very simple. Just say thanks. Just say thanks. Make it as a discipline to say thank you to God. Thankfulness is a spiritual discipline that needs to be practiced. Ephesians 5:20 says, "Give thanks for everything to God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ." In everything, it says in everything, give thanks 
to the Lord. Rem- I, I will make it very simple for you. Okay, can I make it very simple for you? Can I make it? Turn to the person next to you, look at them, tell them. You look very confused. Pastor is going to make it very simple just for you only. I get it, but this is for you. Kelpa? All right. Remember the days that you prayed for the things that you have now. Simple. I let that process. You think about this. I'll give you space and time. Remember the days that you prayed for the things that you have now. If you can remember those days that you prayed for the things that you have now, all we will do is Thank you, Jesus. You understand me? You understand me? It humbles us. It helps us to put things in perspective. We have forgotten the days that we have prayed for some things that we have now and we are acting in a way that God has let us down. <laughs> Oof. Trust me, God is looking at us and going, uh, do you want me to make you pray for the things that you prayed for 10 years back? He can do that. He just says, remember, remember. You might be having your own house now, but can you remember the days when you lived rental to rental to rental to rental? You might have a professional job, but don't forget your days as a student. When you had nothing. Or don't forget your days that you just began. Not for you to go back to, to being depressed. Don't remember to go back to be depressed about it. Go back to remember the faithfulness and thankfulness of God. Remember the days of your Bicycling. Remember the days of your biking. Remember the days of your walking. When you are now putting fourth gear to fifth gear. <laughs> and yet we complain. I wish there was a sixth gear. I need XUV 500 XL or whatever that car is. Or I need a jet that goes faster than this. But God says thankfulness is a discipline. That you got to practice consistently. In everything. Can you react saying, wow, thank you Jesus. I don't know why this happened, but thank you Lord. I'm thankful that I have a car that is broken down because I actually now have a car. I, I get to worry about a car. Hello? I get to worry. You know, we worry about job. But you get to worry about job because you got to remember the days when you prayed for a job. You get to worry about it. But thankfulness shifts your perspective. So what happens is that when you are thankful, you say, God, yes, I'm going through challenges in my job, in my career. But I'm thankful because you led me so far and you will do it again. 
You will do greater things. What is it that you want me to learn from this? That's the spirit. That's the spirit. Not, oh, he has let me down. Sing, he is Lord. He is Lord. Where he is Lord? He is Lord. Somebody else's Lord, not mine. He has risen. Yes, he has risen. My finances is not resurrecting. And that attitude is basically attitude of unthankful heart. Thankfulness will flip that over. You will, you will jump and sing. Even when you know your Monday is going to be crazy or your Tuesday is going to be crazy, you are able to have the discipline of being thankful to God because God has blessed you. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 18 says, Always be joyful. Being joyful. Be consistent in being joyful. Never stop praying. Don't stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for your life. It says there, not me. Pastor, what is God's will for my life? Just go say thanks. Say thanks for what he has done. Say thanks for what he's about to do. But pastor, everything's going out of control. Good. Then you know that God will be in control. It should be out of your control, no? If it's in your control, then who is controlling? You. Wow. If you feel like everything is under control, then it's in your control. But if you feel like everything is going haywire, then praise God for those haywire situations where everything seems to be chaotic because you will see the beautiful fingerprint of God coming in and setting everything right. You will see that. You will see that. Even thank God for that. You know, some people are grateful for all that God is doing. And some people are grateful for who God is. Who are you? When it comes to thankfulness, don't wait for Thanksgiving service or a testimony time or a miracle or a breakthrough to be thankful. But be thankful or practice thankfulness consistently because of who God is and not for what he does for us. Because thankfulness, excuse me, helps you to understand the divine nature of God more than what he's doing for you. You understand? So it is not more about, I want to receive, I want to receive, I want to receive from God. But it's more about, I want to remain in him, I want to remain in him, I want to remain in him. The more you remain in God, the more you are able to understand the character and the nature of God. The more you understand the character and nature of God, the more you are able to be thankful. Because when you are always waiting to thank God for what God has done, it gives you an attitude of entitlement. You understand? Because a thankful heart will not just wait for something to happen. It's just thankful for who God is. He's my savior. He's my rock. He's my father. There's nothing more greater that I could ever have in my life for me to say thank you. If you're looking for something to say thank you, do this. Can you do this? Dim a dip. Everybody do dim dip. 
Why are you able to do dim dip, you know? Because you are still breathing. If you are awake and even thinking, what can I thank God for? You thank God for that fact that you are thinking what you can thank God for. Because you are able to think that simply because you are alive. Your days are numbered by Him. Everything He counts into account. God decided for you to wake up. You didn't. Idhukaga in the theology twist panakurad. Waking up at 12 pm, 2 pm in the afternoon. Mom, God decided for me to wake up today at 2 pm. It is not in my hands. It's the will of the Lord. Kunne <laughs> bruva. Just kidding. All right. The life, the breath that we are breathing, what we are enjoying, we are not entitled to it. Okay. Children sometimes talk to the amount of things that I've done for you, and and uh, you know when parents said that in in even in my generation we were like. Correct only. <laughs> If you uh, try that dialogue today, they'll say that's your job. You are the father. You are the mother. You are petto botting, le. They will say those kind of things. You have to feed me. You have to do this. Can I tell you something? They can also choose not to and throw you in the streets, and you go figure out. They can choose. but they did not choose to and hence you are having a good life hence you are experiencing god's faithfulness through your parents life in the same way with god that's why i'm saying every single thing even if you are eating a piece of cake i know a, a friend of mine small small things he will pray i'm like dave what are you man don't act so spiritual and all but then he sat down and explained to me da you don't understand the way you grew up is very different from the way i grew up I absolutely understand the nature of God because my parents did not express that to me. I had to pick it up. I had to live. I had to make my own life. Now God is leading me, and I can see God's goodness in everything. Even a piece of truffle cake, He prays, Lord, thank you for this. No sense of entitlement there. He is God. He is supposed to give me truffle cake. he is supposed to do this he is supposed to yes of course he is god he is father whether you pray or not he is taking care of you imagine god stopped your breath because you missed a prayer you know that uh, plug thing all out <laughs> all out <laughs> he does not measure us of course he does not measure uh, the blessing that he has added to our life you know uh, balancing what you're doing for him because that will always be less what you do for him will always be less it's his great sovereign but your heart needs to be thankful even though he is giving us that does not mean that you just don't say thanks entitlement versus thankfulness what happens when you are constantly having an entire this is why prosperity gospel is a dangerous gospel i want to make that very clear you are supposed to be blessed no 
He created us for His blessing, spiritually right, but we chose sin. God is a God of principles. God is a God of principle. Where there is failure, there, there is sin, God is loving and God is just. He's a loving God and a just God. So He has to punish us. We are entitled to be punished, not blessed. Hear me out. We chose sin over blessing. He did create us to be blessed. That's how, that was our original image. But we chose sin over blessing, which means that a loving God should also be a just God and punish us. But because he loved us so much that he took the punishment upon himself. So that you will have life. He fulfilled the law. He fulfilled the principle. He did not or cannot go against himself. And he fulfilled it by going on the cross. By going on the cross. We are now under the grace of God. Entitlement will lead you to complaint. But thankfulness will lead you to the humbleness of God and helps you to remain in God. Prosperity gospel says, you know, uh, these American preachers, I hear them all across TV and they constantly preach, you are supposed to be, you are supposed to be, you are supposed to be. If it is the will of God, you will supposedly be what God wants to be regardless of what you do so that you cannot claim that I did it only God can have the glory. You understand? You understand? Prosperity gospel looks, it's biblical, but it's totally unbiblical at the same time. Prosperity gospel teaches you will be blessed. The more you give, the more you will be blessed. How many of you can equally proportionate the amount of, if you take your own accounts of how much money you've given to God, and if you make a calculation of all expenses, I mean all expenses, from the time you opened your eyes in earth to now, it'll never be proportionate. And if God put a meter on oxygen, and meter on thunder and <laughs> rain, Meter on everything that you are enjoying sufficiently. A meter on, on this planet and everything that it is sustaining by his word. And if he puts a meter and sends you a bill every day, you will say, kill me Lord, I will come to you. That's why prosperity gospel does not work. Because it is not a gospel from the Bible. What God says is, you worship me not because I will give you more. You worship me because I have already blessed you. You will walk in prosperity. Prosperity is a blessing from God. But not with an entitlement mindset. Because when you have an entitlement mindset, you automatically start working towards it. But we can't work our way towards God's blessing. You can work for your boss for a salary, but you can never work for a blessing that God gives in your life. That is just freely given. Understand this principle. Understand this principle. You can work for your boss. You get paid for that. You can never work 
for a blessing that God has given over your life. Your life is a blessing. Your breathing is a blessing. Your physical health is a blessing. The very nature of God and the salvation that is in you where you're able to worship and joyfully praise Him is a blessing. The very opportunity that we have to come together as a church is a blessing. The very nature that you can pray and read the word, it's a blessing. The very nature that you are in your senses, it's a blessing. It's above and beyond and no man could ever put a price tag on that. So understand this. Thankfulness will remove entitlement and it will lead you to contentment. So even when you become a billionaire, that does not affect your spiritual life. You are still content because it is not the money that gives you content. You will not feel like after building a mansion, you've, you don't feel like you have arrived. You don't feel that. Because you already felt that you have arrived because it is the same God that is in me, in my three-bedroom apartment or one-bedroom room or in dormitory or in the hut that I'm living. And the same God that is in me, even when he blesses me with a ten-bedroom house, it does not matter. It does not matter. It does not change my position in God. It does not change my prayer life. It does not do anything to me spiritually. So everything that God gives is an attachment for us to be a blessing to others. It's a blessing to others. I've, uh, um, I don't know how many of you know uh, Manny Pacquiao, the boxer. Um, or Pacquiao, I don't know. But uh, he's a Christian guy. Grew up in a small town. Uh, I think it's Philippines. I'm not sure. Um, and and um, very, very, very poor background. But he had the gospel. He had Jesus. Worked hard. Trained. Became um, world champion. And when you became world champion, you know, and they give you the mic. And you're supposed to thank people. Right? And, and the first thing he did was, let me take a minute. And he took his... Um, you know, uh, he put this banner over him that says, uh, Jesus Christ is Lord. And he literally gave a testimony to everybody in that ring in one minute. In one minute. In one minute. It just does not happen. When you're in the heights, remember God. When you're in your lowest, remember God. How can you do that? Practice thankfulness consistently. Can we all stand together? 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 4 and 5, it says, Since everything God created is good, we should not reject any of it, but receive it with thanks, for we know it is made acceptable by the word of God and prayer. Everything that God created is good. We should not reject any of it, but receive it with thanks. You might have a perfect child, receive it with thanks. You might have a challenging one, receive it with thanks. You might have the job that you enjoy the most, receive it with thanks. You might have a job filled with challenges, receive it with thanks. You might have challenging days and, and happy days, receive both with thanks. 
Thank you for listening to our sermon. We hope that this sermon was a blessing for you as well as your family. If you would like to support our ministry, you can do so by visiting kingcitychurch.org forward slash give. And we will meet you next week with another inspiring sermon. God bless you.